there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion. Ephrates of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the women was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. I want to speak to you this morning of the, on the subject, there is bread in the house. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for the Lord to anoint me as I do the same for you. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power that is in this house. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice, God. Lord, those that are watching by YouTube, those listening by podcast, those, Lord, here in the building, that you'd open hearts, minds, and spirits. I pray that the Word of God would go forth. Jesus, as you described it, as seed, that it would fall onto good ground and give a multiplied harvest. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me today. Lord, that you'd anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so absolutely necessary. As the prophet Jeremiah said, let the word of God be like fire. Shut up in my bones, O Lord. I just believe you for great and mighty things. For you said your word would not return void, but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do. And in that promise, I stand today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. Look at the person beside you and say, there is bread in the house. There was biscuits in the Family Life Center this morning. If you missed it, one more shameless plug there for you men. First thing that we find in this story as we open in the book of Ruth, we find a man named Elimelech. And he took his family and he left the city of Bethlehem. Yes, it is that same Bethlehem that would later on be the birthplace of Jesus as he came and took on flesh and dwelt among us. We find in this story that there's meaning in names. How many of y'all know that in the Bible names meant something? Nowadays, sometimes we just fling a name on something and it don't always mean something. But in the Bible, th names represented things. And first, there was the name Bethlehem. Everybody say Bethlehem. And Bethlehem meant house of bread. Then there was Naomi, and her name meant pleasant. Then there was Chilion, and his name meant perfect. Then there was Elimelech. His name meant God of the king. Then there was Malon, whose name meant praise. And then finally, our, our last crucial name in this story 
is the name of the land to which they traveled to, Moab, and Moab means cursed. So we find in our story Elimelech. And we find that it was the time of the judges, it was the time before a king had taken over and there was famine in the land. There was famine in the house of God, there was famine in the place where there was supposed to be bread. Can I tell you that unfortunately sometimes that happens, sometimes in the church, sometimes in the place where there's supposed to be bread, there is famine instead. And due to this famine, this man, this man decided that he was going to have to do something. Elimelech decided that what he was going to do was pack up his wife and his two sons and move from Bethlehem and move to a land called Moab. Now, in this story, we know, as I said already, names meant something and places represented things in this story. We know that that Bethlehem, I believe, represents the church. Bethlehem represents the fellowship of the church, the protection of the church, the provision of the church, being in relationship with God. But Moab, we find, represents the world. That's why it means cursed. And we find that Elimelech decided to leave the church and go back to the world. You see, there's really only one reason why people leave the house of bread. They leave when there is no more bread in the house. People will put up with a lot of things as long as they are still being fed. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, I, sometimes you go some places and they're, they're feeding you good. I've been to some restaurants before. And, and there's been some places I've been, maybe their servants wasn't that great, but they had some really good food. And listen, I, I'm all about some good customer service, but if you're feeding me a good meal, I'm not so worried about how the service is, if you're smiling at me, if everything's just perfect. If you're feeding me some good food, I'm going to be all right. And most of the time, we as people are like that. As long as we're being fed, we're okay. But the only time that you really leave Bethlehem is when you get so hungry that you are starving. And here is the next question then. We know why they left Bethlehem because there was no more bread. There was a famine in the land. But here's our next question. Why in the world did they go to Moab. You see, I believe it's one thing to leave a church. It's one thing to leave a particular place. But why in the world would you go back to the world? Why in the world? I understand in this world that we live in. I've told you many times, even just since I've been here, I understand that churches are made up of imperfect people. I understand that there's church hurt and there's church pain. And I understand that. I know how that goes. But can I just tell you something this morning. Maybe you're here. I want you to hear me. Or maybe somebody listening by podcast or watching that might not even be coming to church at this point. Can I just tell you something? If, you, if you've never been hurt somewhat in church before, I'm just going to tell you it's probably going to happen. You're going to get your feelings hurt. Somebody's got, and listen, if there's a change, that's one thing. But please, please, please listen to this preacher. Whatever you do, you might change churches. You might change locations, but please don't go back to the world. 
Please don't let church hurt. Don't let what people have done to you affect how you feel about the Lord. Listen, I understand that people can hurt you, pastors can hurt you, that different leaders can hurt you, but I'm telling you that Jesus Christ, as Jason Crabb sings, he ain't never done me nothing but good. I just need to tell somebody here today, don't you let the hurt that a person has caused you put a bad reputation or a bad taste in your mouth when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, 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 never. It's all, if you've got to go, then go, but please don't go back to the world. Because here's what happened. Things ended up worse in Moab than they were in Bethlehem, didn't they? You see, it seemed like that things probably were tough. Things probably were bad for, for, for Elimelech to pack up Naomi and Chilion. It seemed like, and Malon, it seemed like things were pretty bad for them to pack up. But it seemed like that they were, obviously all four of them were alive. All four of them, they may have not been fatted up like some of us are, but they were still eating something. They were still alive. But when they got to Moab, before things were all said and done, Ruth finds herself and her husband Elimelech has died. Not long after that, we find that her sons find wives there in the land of Moab. And then we find that not long after that, after 10 years, Ruth finds herself and her sons have died as well. She finds that they have gone back to Moab. They have gone to the world. Things seem bad in Bethlehem. Things seem tough in Bethlehem. But my friend, listen to me. No matter how bad they are, please know that it's always going to be worse in the world. Can I tell you that sin always costs more than advertised? Sin always. There's an old song. I probably, y'all probably heard me say this already. And if the Lord Terry's, you'll hear me say it several more times. They used to sing it growing up at Thorn Church of God. Sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin will always bring a heavier toll and a steeper price than what it has advertised. And so, and so we find here now that Naomi is standing here in Moab. She's standing here in the world and she's lost her husband, and she's lost both of her sons. You see, some people have been hurt by churches, but the risk you run by going back to the world is that your children may die there. You were raised in church, but your children were raised in Moab. I can't, I can't tell you how important it is. I, I cannot express to you the importance of having children in church. I can't express to you how important. That's why That's why I spend so much of my summers going to youth camps. That's why I spend so much effort trying to do things and make sure that kids ministry and youth ministries are up and going because I know how crucial and how critical it is for children to be raised in church. And right now there are people, people that were raised in church, people that were taught 
taught in church that for some reason or another left Bethlehem and went to Moab and their children are being raised in the world and they don't know what it is to be raised in the house of the Lord. We find also then Naomi finds herself in a place, a place where sin and the world has collected a toll much larger than she ever imagined. Think about that for a second. I know I want to just bear down and preach sometimes. I want to just pump the brakes a minute. Think about that. Think about when Elimelech and think about when Naomi decided, you know what? Things are just not going great here. Let's just, let's go to Moab. I don't believe in her mind that, that Naomi would have ever imagined that 10 years later she would be a widow, a widow, a, a, a sonless, husbandless woman with only two daughter-in-laws remaining. Let me tell you this one more time if you're listening to me. Sin will always cost more than you think. Do not let what a person has done to you push you away from the Lord. Do not let dryness, do not let a tough season push you away from the Lord. You'll I, Listen, I don't know, you're probably not going to hear me, many preachers say this, but I'm going to tell you, listen, if I make you mad and if you say, I just can't sit under that preacher anymore, I'm begging you, please go somewhere else before you just completely and totally get out of church. Your eternity, your soul is precious to me and to the Lord. So we find Naomi is there. She has nothing left but two daughters-in-law. And she decides in verse 6 to go back to Bethlehem. You see, I believe that when there is bread in the house, people will hear about it everywhere. Verse 6, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. I have a prayer. I have a prayer for Starkville Church of God. I've come to the place where, listen, I told you this a few weeks ago, I'm not looking to duplicate anybody. There's a lot of good churches in this town that do a lot of good things, and I want them to be them and to do what God has called them to do. But as for Starkville Church of God, I want this to be a place where people know that the presence and the power of the Lord is present. I want this to be a place where it's going to, and I'm telling you, when the goods are there, word is going to get out. I want people all over Octibaha County and the Golden Triangle to talk about how the word of God is preached and taught and how the power and the presence of Almighty God is there. It's my desire that people begin to talk about that people would be healed in our services, that people would be delivered from drugs and alcohol and all types of addictions. It is my prayer that the bread, the presence of Almighty God would be in this place. And I'm telling you what, that when that happens, word is going to get out. I want you to understand me. Listen, I, I'm not saying this is not Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. When I, when I when I'm putting out this vision and I say, I believe the Lord, he, the Lord was in that in 03, I think, is on those sanctuary plans. I believe it was not. It's not if we build it, they will come. I believe they're going to come, and we better get ready to build it as they're coming. 
Listen, it's not about Kevin Costner. Come on, how many of y'all saw that? I know that's an old movie. If you build it, they will come. You know, it's not about if you build it. Listen, here's what I believe. I believe that when there's bread in the house, when the Word is here, when the Spirit is here, when fellowship is here, when we are doing what God has called us to do, it is then that the people will come. And when the people come, we better be ready for what God wants to do in our midst. People have to come, have come to the house of bread too many times looking for the presence of God and left unaffected by what goes on. And this is not just a slant at Starkville Church of God. Unfortunately, it's been too much, especially here in America, that people have come into our churches and, and they've just left, sometimes more depressed than when they went there. People are sick of being uh, overstuffed with spiritual junk food, hype, and religious candies. People need real spiritual food. They need the bread from heaven. They need the word of God and the presence of the Lord. It is that and that alone, I believe, that is going to make a difference in this world that we live in. See, I believe they'll only leave Moab when there's bread back in Bethlehem. Because I, I'm, you, you're not going to hear a whole lot of preachers say this either. But I'm just going to be honest. The world is more desirable than a dead, dried-up church. It's more fun to go party. It's more fun to go out and do all that stuff than it is to come to a dead, dried-up church. So hear me now. Don't turn me off. But when the power and the presence and the goods are when there's bread back in the house of God, I can tell you that there is no other way that I would rather live. I would rather be a Christian than anything else I know when there's bread in the house. Amen. Give God praise if you believe it. We find then that Naomi then returned to Bethlehem, but she didn't return alone. Remember, she had two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Verse 16, and Ruth said, entreat me now not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. I'm not going to dig too deep here because, Lord willing, next week I'm going to keep on in Ruth, and we're going to talk about the kinsman redeemer. But I want to hit this just a little bit for the sake of this message today. We find that Naomi was returning, but Ruth, her daughter-in-law, came with her. Two daughters-in-law, both of them kind of started out. And Naomi stopped them and said, ah, in verse 12, Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And we find then in verse 14, they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Ruth claved to her. Naomi said, I'm going home, girls. I'm just a used-up, dried-up, bitter old lady. 
Y'all don't need anything. Even if I found a husband today, would you sit around and wait for two boys to be born to become your husband? Just go on back home to Moab. And we find that Orpah kissed her and went back home. Ruth decided differently. You see, Ruth, just like Orpah, was born in Moab and had lived there her whole life. You know what that represents to us? It represents somebody. She represents the people that ain't never been in church in their life. She wasn't raised in Sunday school, wasn't raised in church, wasn't raised going to VBS. Ruth had never had anything to do with it before. She'd been in the world her entire life. In fact, she had never even been to Bethlehem before in her life. She had no knowledge of it. She'd never been there before. Can I tell you that there are people who have never tasted the bread of God's presence even right here? in the good old U.S. of A., even right here in the Bible Belt in Starkville, Mississippi, and they have never been spiritually satisfied. They've tried to fill their spiritual appetite their whole lives. They've tried to look to a horoscope. They've tried to look to a Ouija board. They've tried to look to everything they can, but they can't fill their spiritual appetites. People are hungry today. There are people who drive by our church every day who are sick of dead, empty religion. But these same people who are sick of dead church are equally as hungry for God. They've been looking for bread in all the wrong places, seeking for spiritual guidance from Instagram and Hollyweird That's a Phil Robertson saying there. Anybody remember Duck Dynasty? He's still going out there. I'm telling you, we've got a generation today that, and I'm not going to blame it. Listen, I done been in camp. I done been in camp too many weeks, and I wasn't just telling them something. I believe in these young people today. I believe that there is a great generation that God is raising up, but it's up to us. We can't blame it all on them. It's up to us. They need guidance. They don't need Hollywood. They don't need, what's their name, Amber Heard that poops on her bed guiding their lives. Come on, I know it's humorous in one way, but then it's also sad in another way. That it is these Instagram influencers and Snapchat stars and, and TikTok folks that are guiding our young people. They're hungry. They're looking for direction. And they need godly men and women. They need a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled, bread-filled church that will give them what they need. Here's what we got to remember you got to get out of the way of hungry people because they don't eat the same way as the fat and the full. <laughs> Have you ever been hungry before? The hungry folks don't eat the same way as the fat and full. Come on now. We, we know. We've been in this long enough. How many of you, sometimes we eat and we don't even need to eat? We eat because we feel like it's the time and it rolls around. How many of you ever sat down to eat and you're like, I don't even know why I'm eating. I'm already full. I'm already, but hungry people don't eat that way. 
hungry people as soon as they can get some food. They are getting it in their mouth, and they are getting it in their stomach. And I'm telling you, it's going to be the same way spiritually as well. I have traveled enough. We've been so blessed in this nation, but I have traveled enough to other countries, and I have seen where people are hungry, and they are thirsty, and they are desperate for the Lord. And can I just be honest with you this morning that I never really have seen. You know where I'm seeing that for the first time in our country? It's when I go to these recovery centers like the well. And when I've gone over to places like God's House of Hope and Kill Michael and preach. And I'm finding that, listen, I've spent so many years preaching in churches. Folks, us, I'm talking about us. I'm not just talking about all of us that we're fat and we're full. But when I go to these places and preach to these people that are so broken and so desperate and they worship differently folks they don't care if they offend anybody they're jumping and they're dancing and they're leaping and they're shouting they're not really kawaii because they are so hungry I'm telling you Starkful Church of God get ready I'm praying that God will send the hungry and the desperate our way and they're going to hopefully make us feel convicted about our pitiful sad full ways and that we'll once again have a desperation and a fire on the inside of us to worship the God that is so worthy of our praise. Stand with me if you will please this morning. So why are we here? I believe God is looking for some folks to go out to Moab, the world, and tell them that there's bread in the house of bread. I believe that God is getting us ready to go out and to tell this world that there's bread back in Bethlehem. I know the church has been dead, and I know that sometimes you've been, and maybe you went, it just seemed like a bunch of going through the motions, but I'm telling you that there is bread in the house again. And that is my prayer. Lord, let this be a house of bread. Let it be, I pray, that when people pull on these grounds, and they open up the doors that they can smell the smell of freshly cooked heavenly bread that there's an incense there's an aroma that goes out out into the parking lot I don't know how many thousands upon thousands here in about a month when everything cranks back up thousands of people will travel South Montgomery and Loxley every single day and my prayer is let the aroma of heavenly bread the presence of God the word of God be so strong that even driving by in their cars people are touched but that's not the only way because I believe in the fact I don't even believe that's the greatest way the greatest way what happened with Ruth because Ruth didn't smell the bread 
Bethlehem. But it was Naomi that said, been here too long in the world. I got to get back to the presence of the Lord. You want to know how we're going to see more and more come in? It's going to be by all of us making an effort for those we work with, our family, our friends. I've shared it with you many times, and again, I'll probably share it with you so many more because it's so high. The reason you find the majority of the reason why people come to churches is not because of billboards, not because of the newspaper or social media posts. The reason, largely the reason why people get into church is because they were invited by a friend or a family member. So here's the deal. I, I promise you, I, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part to make sure that there's bread here, that the ovens are fired up. I'm going to do my best to make sure that this bread goes forward but I need you I need you like Naomi to find yourself a Ruth and say I'm going to get some bread and you're welcome to come with me if you want to and I'm not going to get into it because I told you I'm going to preach this next week but I'm going to give you just a little hint most of y'all here I'm looking at you you know what happens with Ruth that girl that was not raised in church had not been to Sunday school didn't have a drop of Abraham's blood in her veins ended up being an ancestor of Jesus Christ the redeemer of the world hallelujah that one, that one you're thinking about, that heathen, that hellion, that one that ain't never been to church that you're thinking about, I need to invite them. They could be a great tool in the hands of Almighty God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Here's what I want to do. I want us, first of all, to pray. I want us to pray that there would be bread in the house that God would let there be bread that we would do everything in our power to make sure there's bread in the house that we teach the classes that we need to teach pray when we need to pray work here at the church whenever we need to do it to make sure that the ovens are hot to make sure that the ovens haven't cooled off to make sure that they're not just dry and dusty but to make sure, oh God, that the ovens are hot. My Lord. Come on, would you just lift your hands with me all over the building right now? And would you just begin to pray that with me? Just say, Lord, help us. Help us to make sure that there's bread in the house of God. Help us to make sure that there's bread in the house. To make sure that the ovens are on. That the ovens are hot that there's the ingredients that are here that are necessary, that the workers are here. Whatever I need to do to pray and to fast and to keep the ovens hot,
and to work and to knead the dough and to put it in the oven, Lord, to teach whatever classes are needed to be teach, Lord, to drive vans, oh God, to do whatever needs to be done so that there's bread in the house of God. Help us to make sure that when people come into these doors, that they don't come in to dry, dusty ovens, but they come in to the incense of freshly baked bread, the bread of heaven, the word and the presence of Almighty God. Let us be diligent to make sure that happens, O Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to pray also. I want us to pray for the roofs out there. Maybe when I mention somebody, somebody like Ruth, they never been to church. Somebody like Ruth ain't really never even known anything about the Lord. A hoodlum, a hellion, somebody that you would look at and look down on perhaps. You think about that person. Let's just be honest. How many of you right now, you can think about somebody that's lost that needs Jesus right now. Come on, lift your hand. You can think of somebody that's lost and needs Jesus right now. Would you pray for them? We're going to pray for them first. I just felt I just felt led to pray for one person right this second. Would you do that? Would you just call their name before the Lord Father right now in the name of Jesus Christ? Lord, there's at least one person, Lord, on the hearts and the minds of many people right here as they've lifted their hands. And, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them right now. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would just, Lord, begin to deal with them like never before. I pray that you let the Spirit of Almighty God begin to convict them and draw them. And, Lord, help us to be like Naomi, O oh God. First of all, some out there like Naomi that are prodigals, and they need to get back, O oh God, that they would come back. And Lord, like Naomi, some of us, when we know we're here and we would find a roof and say come with me I know you've never tasted it I know that you've never smelled it I know you've never been there but the Bible says oh taste and see that the Lord is good help us oh Lord to invite them Lord not just that one person but Lord that we would more and more every day become dedicated to inviting people to your house, to Bethlehem, to the house of bread, so that they can come and that they can be fed, so that they can come and they can find wisdom, so that they can come and find the help of Almighty God in their lives, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands one more time as they bless